Ladies and gentlemen, BGEs and Gucci's, welcome back to the Aftershock podcast, uh, Mr. Pixel. And with me as always, the the Garth to my Wayne, the doctor to my Pepper, he puts the shock and shocker. Shock, what's up, man? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> Did you like that one? <laughs> I, I liked it. You caught, totally caught me off guard. <laughs> I'm all energized. I got back from the gym. So no matter how tired I am, whenever I get done, I'm always wired. So spend well, some of that energy. This is a noon recording instead of our usual about eight o'clock. So that's, that's true. I don't have any alcohol in my system yet either. That's, that's right. <laughs> it mellows me out. Getting all juiced up on a strike force and, and yeah. ready to go. So there we go. I liked it. How are you well, doing? I'm doing good. Doing, uh, good. doing good for a cold Saturday yeah um waking up to about an inch of snow on the ground uh stupid yeah well <laughs> it's still is that time of year so it is but when last weekend was 75 and you know it's going to be 60 <laughs> and 70 in a couple of days it it sucks so well we're supposed to be getting a warm-up next week i think so yeah i think it's supposed to be like 60 on tuesday and 70 by friday or saturday next okay. week so i'll take it more flip-flop time so yeah <laughs> get to lose an hour of sleep tonight that'll be fantastic oh too. that's right i didn't even think of that so well, recording this before daylight savings that's but. true yeah well it's not just you and me today is it well it's not it's not we have the the og bge with us mr eric mavis how you doing man i am great thanks for having me back yeah you're always welcome back I think we've been trying to schedule this for about four months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what it feels like. Well, I mean, we did have it scheduled at least once, and I think all three of us forgot. <laughs> so uh, We're men of priority. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was – I'm going to put that on our scheduling secretary that kind of dropped yeah. the ball and <laughs> yeah. forgot to set it in everybody's calendar for the reminder pop up, yeah. you know, we're an gonna, hour before. So we're going to dock its pay, which yeah. is nothing. We're going to, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to fire her, him, whoever it is. Oh, nice. <laughs> scheduling secretary would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. That person that just follows you around and reminds you of all the appointments that you have. <laughs> until it gets annoying why are you following me around yeah exactly then you're locking yourself in a room just leave me alone cancel everything hold my calls <laughs> so what you been up yeah. to since the last time you were on oh gosh that was what october maybe um maybe sounds about right that. uh but yeah getting into the stride of work uh getting adapted to the third shift schedule I uh, definitely feel like I can manage my sleep a little bit better and we have a routine, but work's been going good. Uh, I've been looking for opportunities to step in and pitch in, help out, uh, try to get noticed. And it's not always the easiest. Uh, there's a lot of different machines to get trained on and there's a lot of uh, different jobs that I can get cross-trained on, but I don't always have the time to stay over or come in early or even time during my shift to work on it, but it's an expectation. So that's really the most stressful thing is just trying to figure out what I can learn, how quickly I can learn it, get certified for different things. Uh, I've gotten two welding certificates now. Uh, so 
nice. and trying to work on that skill. Um, definitely a good one to have so I can build, you know, uh, skeletal, skeletal frames around the Mercedes for the apocalypse. And, there you go. You some know, road, some roadblocks. Some roadblocks and <laughs> Mad Max. Uh, all the, it's not some, yeah, there, there you go. The Mad, Mad Max, my cars, my vehicles. Uh, put some armor plating around the minivan, kind of like the A team does, and all the good stuff. But um, it's fun to be in in that trade and learn a new skill. Definitely less stressful. Uh, I don't drink nearly as much as I used to. I don't need it to help me fall asleep or settle my nerves at the end of the day. Uh, so so far so good. I don't know if this is going to be a, a long term thing or if I just get a few years of uh, production management experience and see where I'm if I'm valuable somewhere else, but I mean, that could be a good thing or a bad thing. The drinking less <laughs> yeah. saves some money, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I've had the same bottle of bamboo now for about five months. Well, uh, that, that sounds like a problem. That, <laughs> it, might, it might be, but every time I, I get a little shot of it, I'm like, Oh, manna from heaven, sweet nectar of life. <laughs> there you go. But are we redefining what a drinking problem is? <laughs> not enough, not too much. What's it? It has to be a balance, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I also think third shift has something to do with that too. I can't just exactly drink in the evening and then go straight into work. Right. Um, whenever you get pulled for a random drug test, I've been pulled for two of them now in eight months. Um, but the shop is only 200 guys between all three shifts. So you get pulled pretty often for randoms. And the first thing, that they do is a breathalyzer like right when you get there and then the nurse usually comes in about 4 a.m and then that's when you do your uh your piss test so um you know it's not like i can just drink and go straight into work but you never know like one glass probably wouldn't hurt you but if that's the first thing they test when you go in i want to risk it plus it's a little odd to drink when you get off work <laughs> right like, whatever um, hour there, in the morning <laughs> and there's guys that do um there's guys that say they go straight home and then have a beer uh you know 6 30 in the morning and i'm like i you know it's it's about dinner time for me is what i feel i'm more hungry than anything but i come home and take the kids to school and then go to bed so yeah i don't really you know maybe on a, a friday where i don't work saturday or on a you know maybe like a saturday evening is really the only time that i have um but it's not that important in my life i don't prioritize it and just kind of whatever but lucy and i do sunday afternoon dates and that's usually when i'll get a drink for the week but it's usually at a restaurant and i pay three times more than i should yes inflation that's terrible <laughs> <laughs> so i want to you brought it up i want to hit on this just really quick since you learned welding have you thought about kind of doing that on the side buying it buying a welder and, and kind of nurturing that hobby a little bit i have i have uh, i've actually looked at some welders on amazon uh, i see what we have at work and then i you know i like it and of course we we use two different size wires um there's different you know the welders in my area that i manage are a little bit thicker wire and they burn a little bit hotter and the ones that are in the, the pit where they manufacture the parts um they kind of weld all the plates on the parts and rafters together those are thinner wire and they don't burn quite as hot so there's different techniques to that 
and you really worry, have to worry about the thickness of material, especially if you have two different size materials that you have to weld together. If one's super thin, the other one's really thick, you know, just trying to find the right uh, ampage and heat that will melt those two pieces together without completely just destroying one of them or not fully seizing into the thicker material. So the thicker the material, the hotter you want it. Uh, the thinner material, the less hot you want it. Uh, there's just, there's so much to it and trying to figure out which one I want. And of course, a lot of machines, you can turn the heat up or turn the heat down, but figure out what size wire I want to run, what I'm going to be welding the most of. There's all these variables to it. Mm -hmm. It's not just as simple as one might think, but it's all, it's all MIG welding. Uh, I did, so, I did dabble in some stick welding, but it didn't really go well. That's pretty, that's actually kind of a harder skill, but yeah, I, I've looked at them, but of course the ones we have at the shop are like four to six thousand right. dollars for one of these things. And then you need to buy the gas that goes with it. Um, the plasma torches are pretty fun, a lot faster and easier to use than acetylene. Um, but of course, those are also four thousand dollars for one of those two. So it's it's pretty expensive to get into. Right. But, yeah, I mean I would I would just keep an eye on like say Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or something. Cause you can, yeah. you can find them used. And I know a, a buddy of mine that had picked one up used. And then fortunately in his garage, the utility room is on the other wall on the inside of his house, right inside there. So he put a plug through the wall for the 220 for the welder, just had to make sure the, the dryer's either off or unplugged. So my <laughs> wife didn't start some, <laughs> start some laundry and, you know, kick the breakers off so it was a nice neat little setup that he did but i know he found it you know bought all his stuff used gotcha so, yeah, a little, bit, little to cheaper that. to look at get into it so i definitely have to boost the electricity in the garage um, to be able to accommodate it and i already talked to a guy at my church who um, is a retired electrician he spent 40 years with botol electric here in fort wayne so he's pretty experienced i've hit him up for some tips and stuff but I actually um, asked him about updating the breaker and I want to be able to, you know, get some better wiring in the garage. Everything's from the 1950s and 60s. So uh, pretty outdated. So it's, there's a lot that's going to go into it. If that's something I choose to pursue. Yeah, of course. No, sorry to get sidetracked. I just want to kind of, no, okay. <laughs> I'm just envisioning his, his welding helmet with like an Adidas logo or something on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have a few stickers. Uh, I'll send you guys. I was gonna take. I should take a picture of my my hard hat, and send it to you guys, or post it on Facebook. But it's all decked out with AK stuff. Um, and then I've got. Uh, I bought a mug from Zero Foxtrot. Oh is yeah, that, is that the guys? Yeah, um, yeah. And I bought a mug, and I got a free sticker that says "When in doubt, two forty out." Uh, <laughs> so I, I threw that on the hard hat too. Nice. Um, but yeah, the, the, my welding helmet just has my name on it. I don't have anything special on it. I should probably run some Adidas stripes down the side of it. Get get you the 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 bomber smile on it. So that <laughs> yeah. way it looks... <laughs> uh, there's yeah, there's there's one guy that's got the uh, oh who was like the the old you know P40s that had the shark face. Yeah, the shark yeah. grin on it. Uh, there's a guy that has that on his helmet. But uh, maybe I maybe I spray paint it uh gold and get some yeah. Adidas stripes <laughs> get some some rose gold on there <laughs> as long as that doesn't get you any sideways looks at work with what's going on nowadays but <laughs> yeah i don't know if anybody would get it 
but there's a lot of gun people at work that are more than happy to chat me up. Uh, a couple guys went back and started listening to Wasted Ammo episodes and talking to me more and more about that kind of stuff. But there's also some very uh, extreme, extreme people out there, uh, super tight tinfoil hats, uh, especially with what's been going on since Biden took office. But uh, interesting conversations, to say the least. <laughs> well, I bet. But there actually What's... is one person that believes the theory that uh, the COVID vaccine injected uh, little oh. robots into your body that can <laughs> control your organs. It's nanotechnology. There's, yeah, and then the five G, <laughs> the five G controls it, and that whole theory. They actually believe in it. Wow, that's crazy. We'll uh, we'll leave that there. We probably won't yeah. do an episode on that. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty there's plenty of that out there. We don't want to saturate the market. Yeah. It's overdone. We don't we don't need to explore that. Well what are what are we exploring today? We are exploring everyday carry and get home bags. Okay. Um this topic was brought up a little bit. I can't remember if it was the during the AK episode or not, but um you know eric has changed jobs and drives farther and has gone through a different setup and i also changed jobs and drive at least twice as far now and mine has changed i don't want to say uh drastically because i'm an over over preparer (laughs) i guess um but i have i have changed some things and updated some things so that was uh the topic that we had we had brought up a few months ago to discuss so that's why we're here do we want to start with i guess either one of you um what you had before and what you changed to now and then discuss why it is that you made that change sure we can do that i'll let our guest our distinguished (laughs) guest go first this is your fault so you have to go first (laughs) (laughs) um I guess mine hasn't changed a whole lot. Uh, I've worked on reducing weight, getting things mm. dialed into uh, a multi-purpose role, uh, something that complements my everyday carry setup. Uh, I used to have like full-on bug out bag when really I just need to worry about getting home. My route has changed somewhat, but instead of a 25-mile trip home, it's now a 31-mile trip home uh, on foot. But it's, you know, I used to work in Auburn, Indiana. Now I work in Waterloo. Uh, it's about six more miles up the interstate. But is the interstate your most viable way to get home? Is that going to be crowded with people that are going to be desperate? Or should I look uh, at, at back roads? What way home do I have allies? Um, you know, friends that would be able to put me up overnight or I could resupply at with food. So what, what turned into uh, obviously a, a one overnight to get home, uh, as you know, Steve and I did, what was it, 17 miles in seven and a half hours, something like that. But I was completely exhausted uh, at the end of it. Like, I really didn't want to walk any further. Um, so maybe if, I, you know, if it's a flat straight road, uh, maybe I take less breaks. I don't know what that looks like, but it could be possibly two overnights to get home, uh, depending on how I feel and what I encounter along the way. So am, am I prepared enough for that? The setup I have, I have multiple routes to get home. I have uh, friends on the route, on two different routes home that I can stop at overnight that I've already talked to about resupplying at their houses. Uh, You could even keep a bicycle at one of their homes as an option to get home a little bit faster. 
uh, since you probably don't want to carry a bicycle in your car. (laughs) (laughs) I have a roof rack with a a bike holder attachment, but I don't really want to drive around with that 24 seven, especially with gas at, you know, 450 a gallon. But those are all things that I've kind of added to it and uh, is just having friends along the way as places to stop. But food, I went to more uh, things that are sustainable through severe cold, severe heat, uh, as a lot of things will perish in your car at about 130 degrees uh, on a a summer day. I don't carry any batteries anymore. Everything's rechargeable. I have a a solar charger that I, I have in my bag as well. Uh, I make sure everything's charged usually about every six months I'll recharge everything. It's just, it's stuff like that. I try to integrate it with, I have less tools because I carry a multi-tool. So I just have different bits and attachments for it that I carry in my bag. Just trying to find different ways to lighten it up. My bag is about 10 pounds fully loaded. So those are just some things that I've changed. What was the biggest, the biggest change, I guess, in all that, I guess. Um, really just the pre-planning the pre-planning uh, i thought i thought i would just you know grab my bag and i've got some food in it and the blanket and just start walking and mm-hmm. now it's more you know what are my stops what are my plans to give me energy and sustain me along the way right um, do i have the right pair of shoes do i have a backup pair of shoes backup pair of socks uh, reducing weight i w- might say my bag was 25 pounds and now it's 10 so those are all things that I've got two milk crates in my, in my trunk. You know, I have some car supplies that help with if I have a breakdown or what have you, but I can kind of pick and choose what supplies I need based on what the weather is. Mm. So that's the way my car carries the extra weight, but I just grab what I need to get home based on the conditions. Sounds like a, sounds like a good plan. I, I'm in the same uh, mindset that you are. I let my my vehicle or my truck be kind of the the overprepped part of this, and what's actually in the bag can change depending on the quote unquote mission set to get to get home. You know, if it's if it's raining, do I need the pair of shorts or whatever that may be in there, or can I switch that out with the fistful of ponchos that I have stuffed in one of the one of the doors of the car right so so I am in the same boat I have a lot of stuff in my truck that's a multi-tool and tourniquets and I have a really good med kit um one of the change the one of the things that I have changed since my drive went from from seven to twelve miles to forty one way so I will have at least two days, if not three or four to get home. I have a pair of hiking shoes that are in my truck all the time. Now I usually wear um, like Solomon hiking, uh, hiking shoes to work every day or tennis shoes. So that's fine. But I do make sure that there is a pair of shoes in my truck in case I'm not and wear something that I don't want to be spending 40 miles walking in. So that is something that is in my truck all the time. I, there is a jacket and a shirt that's in the truck all the time. Um, that's kind of twofold in case I get really dirty at work and need to change a shirt. I have it. It's also, you know, if I'm going to be taking a 40 mile hike home, it's going to go in the bag at some point, but there's not a whole lot that is changed because I don't really, and this may be a bad thing, but I don't, I'm like you, I don't really have food that's in my stored in my truck. 
I have periodically, I will take like snacks to work and have some like trail mix or whatever higher calorie snacks that are at work. And when I get low, I'll take more. So if something happens, I can grab all those and throw them in my bag. But I have like a bunch of ponchos, a pair of socks, uh, like I said, a medical kit, some random car supplies. And there was one more thing that I added uh, based on our episode a couple months ago when we talked about the uh, the blizzard in Alaska. I added a atlas mm. into my truck. So it's old, but it's it is an atlas so if i'm i don't know some let's say i'm visiting you guys and something happens and i need to get home and have to take back roads and don't have access to the gps i can bust out an atlas and get home now so that's been a uh something else i've added here recently in the last last couple weeks you brought up gas prices so my mindset on is back to filling up a half a tank so it doesn't take $120 $120 to fill up my truck. It's, it's, <laughs> it's every three days or four days now that I'm, I'm putting, I don't know, $70, $80 worth of gas in my truck. And it really sucks. So now I've had, um, I have something totally else going on that's started in the last week or two of changing vehicles, which for me would kind of suck. Cause I really like my truck. And if, if the listeners don't know, I drive a, a lifted uh, full size Toyota Tundra on 35 inch tires with four wheel drive that, you know, I could run over smaller vehicles to get (laughs) home if need be. And if the gas prices keep going, I might end up in a Honda Accord or something that would be not so advantageous to run over other vehicles. (laughs) So I have that in the back of my head that my whole change or whole, you know, vehicle prep may be evolving again here real soon if our gas prices don't uh (laughs) turn around yeah rather quickly it's been eye-opening um here's one of my problems with this i work on an air force base and this is my fault that i haven't gone through the proper channels but i don't have approval yet to carry a concealed weapon on base so i have since i started this job in november been rolling kind of naked to and from work uh so you can't even keep it like locked in your car you can they're they're you know because um ohio a couple years ago changed the law that um companies cannot prevent you from defending yourself to and from work so you know one of the companies i had worked for had put a a rule in their employee manual that you couldn't have personal weapons in your vehicle on company property and that was you know, that was a problem. And so I just, I never said anything about it. I did it anyway. You know, it was a private company. Ohio put a law in place that said, you know, you, you, you have to have the ability to defend yourself to and from work. So companies couldn't put that rule in place. So that changed in Ohio. So that was lax. So the, the base has to allow for that, but there's channels that you have to go through to have that approval. To where if you get stopped at the gate, show them your card and they say, hey, we're going to randomly search your vehicle and it doesn't say you're allowed to do it, then you can get you know in a, in a lot of hot water. But it's on me. I just haven't gone through the proper channels to get that allowed and put on my access card to the base because I'm not exactly sure who to talk to. And it's a little sketchy, you know, getting on the, the 
share drives and finding all the stuff for that and just with busy with work so my my road rage has been subdued of like raising my <laughs> fists in anger at people and honking and flashing lights because you know well just because <laughs> you know i don't i don't know how people will take it and i'm i don't have anything but a pocket knife to throw at them so <laughs> <laughs> So it's, it's been, you know, I don't want to say it's been a little make, make my driving less aggressive, but that is in the back of my mind that if something like this happens, I don't have, I don't have a concealed weapon with me. I don't have one in route. Also, I also like, like you, Eric, I do, my brother's about halfway on my route, about halfway between the base and, and home. And he also works on base. So I would have a hiking partner if he's at work that day and we have to walk home if we're allowed to leave the base. So there's been a whole lot of, you know, factors with this whole thing of working on a military base installation and how to get home. And, you know, my direct route would be walking the highway, at least to my brother's house. And then from his his house, I could take back roads kind of a straight shot from his house to my house but it'd be a it'd be an interesting hike <laughs> to say the least <laughs> a long one and a interesting one so but yeah i agree it'd be a lot nicer to, to have a mountain bike or something in the truck to make that a little easier of a trip but then i'd have to pack and prep for two people or tell my brother to try to keep up you know right <laughs> or, hope you make it i'll be hanging out at your house for a couple of days until you get there so. i'll hold down the fort yeah so I've, I've thought about doing that you know but i don't know that i want to put a burden on their house of like hey can i can i leave a bag here you know leave a gun in a locked up safe in a bag and i don't want that to be their responsibility at their house even if it is locked up you know they're still you know kids are smart things could happen so I don't, I don't want to leave that. I've thought about doing a, a really small like storage facility, like a storage locker and doing that to where you could put like food and maybe a bicycle or something along that. But with gas prices and all that other stuff, I don't want a monthly charge of 20, 40, 60 bucks a month right. for a, for a storage, for a, to house a, a bag with some clothes and a gun and, and a bike in it or something. So I haven't gone that route yet. All you do is you get a, a sealed container, wait for your brother to go on vacation, and then bury it in his yard somewhere. <laughs> if he had a really big yard and wouldn't notice it, that would be a very plausible idea. But I think I'd get a phone call or somebody would. <laughs> Whoever is watching the house. <laughs> what is dug up in our house? I mean, that would be, I might have to ask him if they would have someplace in the attic or garage to put like a, like a footlocker that you could put like two padlocks on with a gun safe inside it, you know, to where something that's got three or four locks to get to a weapon that hopefully if, if a kid or somebody was trying to dig into it, they'd get bored <laughs> after the first lock or two. And uncle Dave just has five pair of underwear and socks in this locker. <laughs> so I don't know. I haven't, I haven't, you know, pre prepped it that far along on that, you know, cause that's, if I make it that far, then the rest of the journey is 
from his house to my house is, is a lot more rural and easier to manage. Uh, you know, like I said, I wouldn't have to walk the highway. There's some off the beaten path roads that aren't traveled to have wooded areas that you could, you know, walk the road and jump in the woods if need be. So, you know, the, the, the hardest part would be getting to his house, but if I've got somebody with me on that, then there's two of us. So that's kind of how I've looked at it, how I've changed it, adopted the whole thing. I I'm also with you on the, it's not necessarily a bug out bag anymore. It's more of if I'm, I'm bugging in at my house. So I would, I need to get there is kind of the key is to get home. And if I got to leave my truck 40 miles away to get home, then I'm not bugging out anyway, because I don't have my truck. (laughs) So one of the biggest things, uh, you know, thinking about changes that I've made is I used to, I still carry some food in my bag, but it's just uh, like oatmeal packets, uh, stuff that I can make with hot water in a little, you know, cup pan that I carry. Uh, so if I did have to make a, a fire out in the woods somewhere, I could still have a hot meal, especially on a cold night. But those are things that that keep well in hot or cold weather in your vehicle. But I mean, we have a full-on, basically, uh, gas station, <laughs> uh, you know, convenience store set up with drinks and snacks and food. Um, there's refrigerators and freezers that all have food in that you can buy uh, in like our, our cafeteria kitchen. Uh, so, I mean, it's grab a couple of Gatorades, some snacks that'll sustain you along the way. Like all the food's right there at work, grab it and go. And then you don't have to worry about keeping, you know, food keeping in your car or, you know, like MREs expire after six months or if they expire, if you, if it's stored in temperature above hundred degrees, you know, you don't have to worry about that stuff utilizing the work kitchen for what it has to offer and especially an emergency no one's going to care if you pay for it an hour later as far as food's concerned that's kind of what my preparedness uh, mindset has been for food yeah that's that's mine also that's why i've you know i'll try to keep snacks at work we have a very very limited like vending machine and there's probably i don't know two or three four hundred people in the five building complex that i work in so I have a feeling that that vending machine is not a viable option. It's probably picked over pretty quick. Yeah. By the time I got upstairs and got to it, it'd probably be, you know, it's a really interesting thing that on base, I know Mr. Pixel was in the military and probably spent some time on base that it's a different environment. You know, we have a, we had an active shooting drill at work um, here a couple weeks ago. And, you know, when they do that, you lock down. So we, we had to, shut and lock our door in our office and cover the window. And, and the drill for us was about 20 minutes that started at, it was like probably eight 45 in the morning. And by nine Oh five or so they, they said everybody except this building was free to go back to work. So we went back to work and I, for, you know, just let it go that the drill was over and it was three o'clock before they put the all clear for the whole base, which meant the one building that they had locked down had been locked down since eight 45. So from oh. that building and, and I, I, you know, they, I guess that's what they do is they, they do the drill for the whole base and then they pick a building that they're going to go through and probably recover and make sure either everybody's doing that or they have somebody playing the part as the shooter for the active shooter. And they do that a couple of years ago, they did it at the base hospital and it made like the news 
because all the vehicles and somebody somebody outside the base because you could see the hospital on base from off base somebody saw a dude with a mask and a fake gun running into the hospital and called 911 so somebody off base had set this up and it turned into made you know major news in this area you guys probably didn't hear about it but you know my mom was calling my brother and texting everybody about what's going on on base there's an active shooter and this and that so you know they play the part but you know those guys were locked in their office in their building from 8 45 until like three in the afternoon and and that would have sucked so you know, hopefully nobody was taking a dump in their trash can <laughs> in their office and whatever. But, you know, the whole the whole on base life is is different. You know, I don't know if something really bad happens, if they'd even let us go anywhere or just lock us down and say, hey, that's we're closing the gates and you're here. And, you know, until we figure out what's attacking us or what's going on, we're all going to play our part for the Air Force and and, and do our duty. So. It's a little bit different you know i don't play an active role in the military side but it is on an active installation military installation so there is things that that happen and they wouldn't just say hey yeah well you're free to go have a nice walk if things get back to normal we'll see you back at work monday or something you know that, <laughs> not sure how that whole thing plays out you know so yeah there's a lot of things that <clears throat> that's the other reason why i'll have snacks or something in my office that you know if i'm spending all day there then if i didn't bring a lunch or didn't bring something then i can at least sustain a couple water bottles snacks whatever excuse my dog upstairs <laughs> <laughs> you're fine <laughs> all right so where do we want to go from here do you, do you guys want to talk about like what's in your bug out bag like what like tools or supplies uh, we can do all that unless mr pixel has something to add and, and your your vehicle in the case of you guys you guys drive a personal vehicle to work and i don't so at most i have just a little bag that i always bring to and from to work so depending on the time of day it may have food in it it may not as far as you know gear i have you know i don't have as far of a drive as you guys do i'm only driving at most 10 minutes i mean go all the way back to early wasted ammo days i did i did a a little ruck march from work home just to see how long it would take i had a bag loaded up with stuff and everything and did that and that's not that long for me to get home and that was just walking if i was really pushing it i could get home easily there's a few ways to get home that time when I did it, it was, there's some, there's a lot of trails in my area. Uh, so that would be a good way to stay off main roads if I need to. Right now, it wouldn't be feasible because most of those trails are along rivers and everything's flooded right now. So I would either have to travel on the main drag or kind of go out and around and add time and distance to that. But yeah, that's, I mean, mine, mine hasn't changed. I mean, for that, anything that I need to do get home wise or bug out wise really is going to come more to my personal vehicle. And, you know, that's just a lot of, do I, you know, do I have enough to, to fix the vehicle? 
if it's not that bad or you know i always have blankets if it's cold if there's always water bottles rolling around in there there's usually snacks floating um and it just kind of comes down to what i'm always harping on with the kids a lot of times you know i understand we're going from point a to point b but so this time of year what if something does happen where's your coat what shoes are you wearing you know I always, you know, half time I'm not wearing a coat in the car, but I have it with me. A little, little pre-planning, I guess, is goes a long way with that. But yeah, I mean, I haven't switched jobs or anything like that, so a lot of my stuff has, has kind of stayed the same. Oh, I think that's one thing that people overlook is um, <clears throat> what you carry in your car. I mean, especially if you're in a state where you've got winter. Uh, and you get a lot of snow, you know, do you carry cat litter, uh, bag of right. sand, a bag of uh, sand or salt, a snow shovel, yeah. all those types of things that kind of help you get out of situations where you might be stuck. Uh, do you carry a blanket, maybe an electric blanket? I've been guilty of leaving the house without a coat in the wintertime because I know I'm going to a warm car. <laughs> yep. uh, so, you know, so I'm just as guilty of that. But I also know that in my bag, I've got a scarf and a, a wool hat and mm-hmm. Yeah, I have blankets and stuff too, but especially just running a quick errand, I don't throw on a coat, but yeah, um, you know, that's probably all going to change when my kids are of driving age and I'm trying, I have to be the example. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing for me was just making sure it was like, well, even if I only have to walk a mile to a station or something that I passed, it's going to be a little more comfortable if I have a, have a coat and some gloves and a hat this time of year right. versus doing it in a t-shirt <laughs> or even a long sleeve shirt that actually, you know, throwing a coat on top of that, that makes it a lot easier, yeah. a lot more comfortable. I, I always try to have at least a light jacket in the, in the, um, in my car all the time. You know, you even get in the, in the summer where you get a cold rain, you know, if you're just wearing a t-shirt and shorts, it gets un- uncomfortable in, in minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I have, I have the, the cheap, 99 cent walmart ponchos probably oh, yeah. probably six or eight of them you know in a door pocket but it'd be a lot nicer if you could put a light jacket on and then a poncho over it mm-hmm. and pouring down rain that you know as soon as it stops and the sun comes out and it's sweltering you could take it off and right. do the old 90s thing and tie the jacket around your waist and <laughs> go about your business and throw the poncho away so i usually try to keep a you know lighter kind of zip up like sweat jacket or something Mm. in there so that would help in the in the winter because i I think we're all guilty of that i mean you know we're all we're we're from the midwest where where layering is the thing you can i can see eric has three shirts on yeah and then you know it's you just you just do if you're going to the post office or something i mean that would be fine you just roll out hop in the car drive two minutes and get there I mean, you don't think about it. You come out and say you got four flat tires and you got to walk home. That's when you're like, oh, I should have should have grabbed a jacket because now that five minute walk is really cold. So it's uh, that, that's that's where, uh, you know, when I worked at Walmart, uh, we would get hoodies or rain jackets or something like that to celebrate like a record production year or a record year in safety or, you know, celebrating 15 years of being open. And I've got a couple of different style rain jackets that and even some of them we had extras or i thought i lost mine so i grabbed a second one then i found it and it's like those are just laying around in my vehicles (laughs) as like an extra an extra layer 
but a part of my car kit, I have uh, a bungee cords. I have a air compressor that runs out of the cigarette lighter of, of my car. That's saved me a couple times. Uh, I've got road flares, uh, reflective wear, a headlamp. And uh, something I just picked up was, it's called a guardian angel. I know first responders uh, tend to wear them, but uh, it's, it's rectangular. It's got a, a button on top where it's, it, uh, it'll strobe of mm-hmm. uh, different colors or you can click it so many times and it'll be like a steady led beam right. yeah. um but they're about a hundred bucks but uh it's held a charge for for a whole year through cold and hot i'm coming up on about one year of having it and it's last the battery charge has lasted the entire time wow. uh but it's also super bright it's magnetic so you just mm-hmm. stick it on like your trunk or the top of your car and yeah. um, people will move over for you yeah. And it's it's super handy. Uh, I would encourage everyone to look into one of those. But just safety stuff uh, that if you're stranded on the side of the road, you don't want people running into you or not being able to see you. Yeah. Um, so but then, you know, if you're trying to get home too, that's something I would grab and take with me, like the headlamp, uh, reflective wear, if you're going to be on the highway, especially for me, like I, I work nights now, um, people probably aren't going to be able to see me. Road flares uh, for emergency purposes, like if you're stranded somewhere and you see a helicopter go over, maybe just light one of those puppies up and <laughs> see if you can't get a free ride. So get, get your, uh, was, get your platoon yeah, yeah. one in each hand, fall down. And... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, headlamps are very, um, very worth their weight in gold. Yeah. I mean, it, it frees up a hand, not holding a flashlight. It's going to be where you're looking on your head. Mm-hmm. So I have one or two in the truck and one in my bag, a couple around the house. You know, they're, they're, they're cheap, easy. Um, a lot of times you can find them in the, in the checkout line at, at Walmart for a couple dollars and, mm-hmm. you know, just cheap, cheap ones. So I think they're very, a very valuable asset. And it's even nicer when they, when they have like, they have them with the hat clip or mm-hmm. magnetic to where you can, you know, Put it on the hood or whatever so i uh, actually just bought a new style that went on that had an attachment for my hard hat um but just an example of how i'm trying to go batteryless or with just like rechargeable batteries um it came with this usb uh plug-in which can hook up to my portable solar powered like uh power bank but it was a it was one of those facebook advertisement purchases this uh light bar pro yeah, those are um, but uh, it, I bought the head. So I have not just like a regular head attachment, but also a hard hat attachment for it. But oh, 500 wow. lumens, and you got 300 lumens and 100 lumens. And then it also has a, a red feature and two different powers. I'm probably going to buy two more of them and throw one in each vehicle. This one's mostly for work, but uh, I've been happy with that purchase. I and mean, it was 60 bucks, but definitely well worth it. I had to crawl into a confined space. It wasn't identified as a confined space, and I've been fighting work on that because I didn't I want to say it publicly, but I didn't. I didn't feel exactly like it was the best place that we should be sending somebody without any kind of confined space training. Um, that's probably where I'm really annoying uh, with my safety background uh, going into a new, new workplace. But right. also, you know, s- safety is our top priority too. So um, I crawled in there and I had all my safety gear. I actually had a. I bought a rest. Uh, cartridge respirator for myself and uh, it was more of the breathable atmosphere that I was concerned about rather than it just being dark Uh, but 
got that sorted out with work and got it accomplished and i think we're all better off for it but just just uh, a side note on that since yeah i've been through confined space training uh for work before osha defines what that is and i believe it's the hole that you go in and out of and the access for that because there is rules for that when i did that we had to wear a harness without a lanyard so that if something happened to you the rescue guys and, and they basically tell you this, we will get you out of the hole, but if you're unconscious and you have life-threatening injuries, you may be missing an arm <laughs> to get you out of, <laughs> out of that hole. But yeah. you, know, you, you wear a harness and they come in and clip a lanyard to you and you are removed from the confined space one way or the other. So not to scare anybody, but there is, there is OSHA guidelines for that. And like, like you said, there's stuff that you have to do. The air has to be monitored. Um, we couldn't go in the hole without a, what's called a recovery team. So I think there was like three, three people that, that watched the area where you're going in and they monitor the air and you always had to be in contact. They would yell in the hole at certain times, but just a, just a side little note on confined space. <laughs> yeah, no, it, and it's not identified as a confined space. I think it, it kind of falls into a gray area. And so they don't have any kind of confined space training. But with my training from my previous job uh, in EHS, I, you could argue it could be either way. And it was more about the breathable atmosphere than it was access because um, it's just a lot of dust and debris. Um, you know, so I bought the respirator myself. Uh, you know, work said it didn't it wasn't defined as it. And I said, well, here's the OSHA policy on it. Like I, I think it should be. And, um, but like I said, we got it worked out, but I, I bought my own PPE and I, you know, if anybody is going to take care of you, it's going to be yourself. Right. Um, so just take that, take my own responsibility. But I also have some things now like this light bar. I have a cartridge respirator now that, uh, are things that I, t I took home with me. <laughs> I bought them myself and there are things that I'll probably use if I have to go up in the the attic where there's all the, uh, blown insulation, and, you know, it's different purposes, but I was also thinking about, cause I have it sitting out here, um, drying out. I just cleaned it. Um, but if you live in a, a place where if you're trying to get home because of like a natural disaster, so you could say like a, a sandstorm or uh, wildfires out West where the air may not be breathable on your route home. Do you have the proper respiratory equipment for that? You know, do you have goggles to wear? <laughs> it's just the possibilities are endless. But the, the point of a get home bag is to be prepared for any scenario you encounter on the way home. Uh, and like Dave said, you know, you let your vehicle be the mule for all that stuff and then just grab what you're going to need based on your situation. Right. Yeah. Well, doesn't doesn't an N95 block everything? I thought that was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, that is the that is the. That's the end all cure all for, yeah. for breathing. Of course. Um, as far as tying in your EDC to uh, your get home bag, you know, I talked about, I carry a multi-tool. I have a, a Leatherman mutt that has different extensions and bit attachments for it, but it also has a saw on it and a knife and um, wire cutters, uh, a seatbelt cutter. Now you can actually use the one end kind of like as a, a hammer. But, you know, your, your firearm as well, uh, do you carry spare mags in your, your get home bag? You can save a lot of weight just by keeping things in your pockets or attaching them to your belt as well. Uh, but I just, 
was curious as to what your guys' thoughts on were as to like what a, a good weapon would be. Uh, if you like, for me, I my thirty mile walk is through the country. I may have to engage targets at a longer range. Do I do I want like a five five six pistol? Do I want an AK pistol? Do I do I just carry a uh, you know, my full size Beretta instead of my compact, that those are all different things to consider too. Um, I don't necessarily, I want to try to stay concealed. I don't want to be mm-hmm. open carrying an AK pistol by any means. Um, well, that depends on your route as well too. If you're walking on a highway, then, you know, and that's your main route to get back, then obviously you're out in the open. But if you're walking back countries and back country roads and all that, or you're always near a woods, you can always hop into that woods or there it's less traveled. You might not have to worry too much about that. Right. That's one of those things like it, it carrying a open, carrying a firearm can either be a deterrent or it can be an advertisement. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Based on, based on the person that is observing. Yeah. Now I, I did that back when, when I got laid off at the beginning of this COVID thing, I was going to and from Asheville about every other week, Asheville, um, North Carolina. So it was a 400 mile drive. So there wasn't really a walking home scenario from there for me when this whole thing kicked off. But I did that. I, I would carry my my AR pistol that had the law tactical folding on it. And I kept that in a tennis racket bag. So it'd be very under the radar kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I had three or four mags for it. I carried my Glock 19. That was my everyday carry. I also, um, cause the mags that the spare mags that I carry for that for, uh, a 19 X. So there's, there's more rounds with it or I'll put a plus five base plate on them. So I would carry also in that tennis racket bag, my 19 X and about three or four Glock mags with that and two Glock, 17 mags in my truck so when i was going out of town to Asheville during the beginning of this whole COVID thing i had a ar pistol with 120 ish rounds two glock 19s with about five or six rounds did i think that i needed that no but i'm traveling in my truck that had a lot of spare room with just me in it when a full-size you know king cab truck so it was like why not you know if I'm going to get home and my truck's drivable, I'm going to get home. Cause it, you know, the, the rumor about that was shutting down state lines and locking people in the houses and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, if I'm in North Carolina, I got to go to Tennessee, to Kentucky, to Ohio. Yeah. And I'm going to get home. You know, if I'm running, you know, state blockades and whatever, I'm just going to do it and get home. So that was kind of the, the mindset about that. I did carry some food. At that time, you know, that, that was a, but that was a totally different situation. That was a mm-hmm. 600 mile trip and whatever. So do I think that was overkill? Yes, absolutely. Um, but like you said, it, it wasn't that it was on my back with me walking. It was in a truck. And if, and if I had to abandon the truck, I wouldn't be carrying all that with me. Mm-hmm. It, some of it would have got left behind. So Obviously, I would have taken the probably the 19X with three or four mags and the AR with one or two, and everything else would have just been left in the truck, you know, for the next guy. I think this also highlights the importance of carrying something with the same manual of arms, especially if if you're a person that you don't have that big of a commute, um, 
and you like to carry different types of firearms. Uh, I know that's been conversations we've had in the past on, on other shows, but if like, like for me, the Beretta 92 is my platform. Um, I have four different kinds. Uh, I have two compacts, two full size, but my bag has uh, two spare full size mags in it uh, because during the winter months, I carry one of my full size. And then during the summer months, I carry a compact. Uh, but the magazines I, I carry are meant for the full size, but they'll fit in my compact. I don't want to be carrying spare compact magazines because they're not going to fit in the full size. And so I think that's something that it gets maybe gets overlooked. And if you're going to carry spare magazines, you, make, you want to make sure that no matter what the weather is, what the season it's important to carry something that is of the same setup. So you're not always having to, you know, having to remember, oh, well, in, in the summer, I'm carrying my Glock 43. I got to change out my spare mags and my bug out bag to 43 mags compared to 19 that you carry in the wintertime. Right. Um, just maintain that same platform. And as much as you might like to carry nostalgically a 1911 or, you know, uh, a single army action uh, or single action army, you know, whatever it is, you want it to match what's in your bag. And uh, so for those of us with those longer walks, I think it, it's more important to make sure that your, your setup matches. That, that's what I did. I would have two Glock 17 mags with the five round base plate in my truck. And so the, the Glock 19X will not accept a Glock 19 mag. So it's a Glock 17 handle for the 19X. So the only only um, Glock 19 mag that I would carry would be the one in the Glock 19. So every other spare mag was a Glock 17 or a 19X stock mag or with a base plate. So if, you know, my battle belt setup is for the 19X, but my conceal and carry is set up for the 19. So there's, it's the same gun, just a longer handle. Um, yeah. But like you said, the, the 19 mags will not fit in a 19X. So, you know, the only one that I have is basically the one that's in that. I'll use the other Glock 19 mags at the range, but they're not set up with self-defense ammo or anything. Those are, you know, range mags, so to speak. So I, I'm in the same ballpark as, as you are that, you know, the, the manual of arms for me is set up and, and I went through the whole process of switching to the, the P320, which I have a couple of those now, but I still have like my battle belt set up for the 19X. I haven't bought another holster for the 320 or, or whatever. So I still go through what I carry, but obviously now I carry less often because I'm not carrying to work. So yeah. unfortunately that has led to being lax a little bit to where I'll do my errands on the way home from work and I'm not carrying at all. So I come to the house and change clothes and leave to go run an errand. A lot of times I don't grab it because I'm now out of the habit of grabbing that, which is a bad habit. Um, I'll admit that, but you know, I'm not carrying to and from work at the moment. So I've picked up the bad habit. So my, my situa situation awareness has, has been heightened through certain things you hear somebody raising their voice and it's like, Oh, I don't not want to get involved. We'll go this way. Cause yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's been little changes like that. So I know I need to get back into that, but I need to 
have that conversation at work with somebody that can steer me in the right direction to get that um that that fixed because you know you would have to leave it in your vehicle on base but at least it would be in a vehicle and not 40 miles away so that's changed my situation a little bit gotcha well you guys have covered food gear you know seasonal stuff do you guys have any medical uh i do so through work i've actually been pretty fortunate i used to my car had, you know, Mercedes sent, gives you a, a little medical bag and it's just some band-aids and sanitizer. And it's, it's not what we would consider like a, a combat pack. So through my work, when I first got there, uh, I was already certified in CPR, AED and first aid. And I gave them my certification so that I could join their response, you know, emergency response team. And they gave me uh, like a military medical pack and inside there. I made a list of the inventory. Um, they have uh, a splint, scissors, uh, sanitation wipes, an ACE wrap, gloves, compression badge, uh, bandage, uh, compression gauze, tourniquet, uh, Sharpie marker, triangular bandage, uh, thermal blanket. What was the other one? Oh, band-aids, uh, various sizes. And then I added my own stuff. I added a, a chest seal. I added some quick clot and ibuprofen. But I also put on there some notes for people uh, that might be listening are, you know, medications that you'll need, uh, especially like insulin, if you have a plan for that, or if you carry a cooler of it for work or uh, what have you, however that, whatever that looks like to you, um, just make sure you have the medications you have. And a lot of medical bags actually don't have painkillers in them. Um, so whether you use like Tylenol, ibuprofen, what's the other one, naproxen, you know, make sure you have some of that too. But if you carry a firearm, you should have chest seal, quick clot, something that will help with that, uh, on your way home as well. If you, um, you were unfortunately going to encounter yeah. fire, yeah. uh, hopefully not. Um, but I did get one of those bags for free and then, uh, that, certificate was going to expire this September. So I renewed through uh, the American Heart Association through work. And since I renewed it, they gave me another bag. So now I have one for each vehicle. Nice. Um, and uh, so that's that squared away. Um, it's got Molly straps on the back. Let's see if I can show it to you guys here. Is that something you did on your own dime or did you get that through work? What, the certification? Yeah, the recertification. Yeah, no, I got that through work. Okay. Do, do you know do they do i mean oh that's pretty nice yeah, do they do something like that for non-work like if i just wanted to do that uh, I be able to... yeah i'll have to find um the uh environmental guy uh is the one that got those for everybody uh his name's tyler i'll have to hit him up and see where he got them if they're available for people uh to purchase i i think it's through a website i never heard of it before but I'll, I'll get that to you guys. But like I said, the, the quick clot and the chest seal and the painkiller I added myself, but it is a very good basic kit. Yeah. If you find that, let us know or either throw it up in the group or send it to us and we'll throw it up there in case anybody else is interested since it's, since you like it. Yeah, definitely. So I did this, the same thing. Um, I didn't have a really good medical kit for the house. I mean, we had the, 
obviously the boo-boo kit with the band-aids and neospore and stuff like that in there so i had gone on to this was a couple years ago amazon and bought a it was probably in the ballpark i want to say of 60 to 80 bucks a, a medical bag and it's you know it's a red bag you unzip it and it folds out and then another panel folds out so it kind of has a, a, a three-fold right. thing and there's gauze and a bunch of stuff in there and um i had had tourniquets that were like in my range bag so when i bought this kit um i said okay there's a lot of good stuff in here but it doesn't have shears it doesn't have a tourniquet so what i did i liked it and it's really nice and, and small and compact and has handles and it's red and i bought two more one for each vehicle and then i bought i bought tourniquets i bought the um uh, the T5 tourniquets, and then I bought the the elastic ones that are more rated for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of what they're called right now. I should have I should have prepared a little bit better, like Eric did, and looked some of this stuff up and wrote it down. But I bought some of those tourniquets. I bought like Israeli bandages, and then a box of like the ibuprofen and Tylenol, like single serving things, and the that you would get at like work. So I bought those and put it in, in each one, put those in one in my truck, one in the car. And they have a, I added a Sharpie in there also. And then, and then I took some of like my chest seal and quick clot out of my range bag and put that in that that's in my truck. So the one in my truck has a lot, well, I shouldn't say a lot, has a few more items than like the one in Katrina's car. Um, Because there was something I heard really interesting not that long ago on a podcast or a YouTube video that, because I've, I've, I want to take a class on how to use all this stuff, but I heard that, you know, this thing about if you don't know how to use it, but have it, it may help somebody that knows how to use it and doesn't have it. So if you come up on a wreck and there's a nurse there, mm-hmm. she or he may not have the items needed to take care of people involved in the wreck. But if you bring that to, quote, unquote, the party, somebody else may be able to use it in the right sense of, oh, oh, hey, yeah, you have a tourniquet. We need that. We can use that. So there's a lot of good reasons for for using that. But I have, you know, there's I have tourniquets all over. Um, I have two on my range bag. I have two on my um, get home everyday carry bag. I have two in the door of my truck. There's two in the medical kit that's under the driver's seat. So there's usually like four to six in my vehicle. Um, And then another uh, four to six in the house. And then, you know, with with, uh, my fiance's vehicle, there's one more or two more in there. So if we're all at home, there's, there's probably 12 tourniquets laying around. And then, you know, some of that other stuff, those Israeli bandages, they're, they're cheap. I mean, you can, those are nice. Yeah. They're, they're compact, uh, vacuum sealed in a bag, fairly cheap. I want to say for 20 bucks, I got four or five of them. So I've got, you know, like I said, I've got a couple in the, in those bags and gauze and stuff like that. And, and like you said, Eric, uh, painkillers are not in those. So, you know, obviously if you're using that stuff on somebody, they're going to be in some pain um so any little bit of tylenol or ibuprofen would help that 
So that's just something that I've added to that. And it's been, it's been nice. I mean, we've been, we've been at a softball game and the 11 year old says, Hey, I have a headache. And it's kind of like, Oh, I don't have anything. I don't have anything. Well, wait a second. We do. It's in the, it's in the bed kit in the car. So yeah, I've ran to the parking lot and grabbed something out of there and sent my, sent myself from text to an email saying, Hey, refill up ibuprofen in the med kit. So um, it's, it's come in handy when you, you know, you don't think about stuff like that and you're out and, there's also some other stuff that I have just now thought of that I looked up here recently. I had a, um, a podcast that I listened to that they talked about this additive that these guys are putting in water. It's called uh, drink element and it's like salt electrolyte packet. That's kind of like, it's kind of like Gatorade, but it's not, doesn't have the sugar and kind of other stuff that's in Gatorade it's more like salt based that I bought their sample pack and there's little packets and it's it's salt based so it kind of replenishes that and I just now thought of it that'd be good to kind of put in there because if I'm on base and got to walk yeah. 40 miles you know a little some bit of a hike <laughs> yeah a little bit of a hike that may be beneficial in a in a little packet that's in that med kit for you know I'm, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm not, you know, one that goes out and walks 20 miles a day or a week to stay in shape. So that's going to be a tedious hike for me. So mm -hmm. some salt-based electrolytes to kind of replenish that would be very helpful. So it just kind of popped in my head that that, that may be getting added to that medical yeah. kit that's in a vehicle. Yeah, that, that's not a, that's actually a really good point. Um, I'll write that down but uh, my wife had found some of these packets that were like electrolyte powder thing you know additives for water that gets you some nutrients as well um i had uh, on my list of of food um, i've got like some mini packs of peanuts but like uh pretzels uh maybe like a little vial of uh alcohol um like vodka or you know for a little encouragement or maybe some sanitation um <laughs> But like uh, things to help replenish like salt or sugar in your body, uh, like a little packet of honey, you know, jelly, peanut butter, peanut butter, yeah. th those things, they actually hold through um, heat, maybe not so much, uh, you know, cold, but those are also things to keep in mind that give you like a little bit of pick me up for some sugar or some quick energy. Another thing I thought of for the medical kit, just going through my recertification class was uh, aspirin in case of like a, a heart attack. Uh, something to help you get through that, but also like a, any kind of like face barrier or something to help with CPR, uh, something with like a one-way valve in it. Uh, that's not in any kind of medical kit, so that's something you'd have to add as well. But I have a little mini, you can find it here. It's on a keychain, this little tiny thing, but it's got uh, a pair of gloves and uh, a face shield in it. Did they give that to you at your class? Um, no, I got the, I got this from a different place, but uh, yeah, my class also gave me another one. I've actually got like three or four of these little bags. Okay. I've got one in my desk at work. I carry one on my clipboard at work. So the other thing about first aid kits, and I found this out when I worked at Walmart, was we got these prepackaged, uh, ANSI certified, you know, ANSI uh, approved uh, ANSI um, is the acronym, but 
the gloves that were in these first aid kits were smalls. And so I was trying to do first aid and I'm going to put my gloves on. It's like this little thing for like, a, you know, like a five foot tall woman's hand. Um, Give the little Deadpool hands. Yeah, <laughs> pre, yeah pretty much. Yes, that's pretty much it. Um, so make sure that you see what kind of size gloves they are or if you prefer using like black nitrile or the purple nitrile, you know, whatever it is that you like to use. Um, I've got some, you know, uh, purple nitrile ones I also use when I'm working on cars uh in the in the garage so i throw those in the med kit to replace the ones that they give me because usually what's in the medical kit is either too small or too cheap uh so replace it with some quality ones that fit your hands yeah i was gonna say it's been a while since i took the uh first aid cpr class but i remember they them handing out that that face shield gloves the little keychain pack glove box kind of thing that you, you throw in there and and I think I came across it not too long ago in the garage. It's like, oh, I need to throw that in the truck and open it up. And it's all, everything's dried out and yeah. crusty. And yeah. it's like, oh, well, this wouldn't work anyway. So yeah, the, the gloves are one of those things you got to put it on your, your yearly list to replace. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, or else they're just going to be too brittle and you're not going to have them. Um, the problem is like COVID ran those out, the stock. You couldn't hop on Amazon and find them anywhere. And so right. kind of stuck. Yeah. Go buy some dishwasher gloves then. <laughs> yeah um, a, a couple other things that we haven't mentioned but are some um some kind of miscellaneous stuff i carry a little tiny can of wd-40 in, in my bag you know if, if you do end up using a bicycle or uh let's say you need to i mean i don't know there's there's a million uses for wd-40 uh i just I saw one of those in the checkout line at the store and I was like, you know what? I'll just grab two of those and throw them in the, in the vehicles, a solar charger. Like I mentioned it before, but one of these little uh, battery banks that you can charge up and it gives you about a five hour, five hours worth of usable power to charge up your cell phone or um, your led light bar or, uh, you know, whatever it is that, that you have on hand, your flashlight. I know I hate to plug them cause they, they burn my leg, but Olight makes some <laughs> uh, decent rechargeable batteries, but turns out you can also use them as fire starters. Um, in your pants. <laughs> in your pants. Uh, glow sticks are good if you don't want to build a fire. You're trying to keep your, your footprint uh, low. Uh, don't want to draw a lot of attention to yourself. Glow sticks can give you a little bit of ambient light or if you have a flashlight with like a firefly setting on it. And then a multi-purpose knife. You can also have one that they make these uh, like 12 inch blades, but on the back edge of it is also a saw. And those would come in handy if you have to build a fire as well. Oh, you need a uh, Rambo knife. <laughs> is it what knife? <laughs> All you need is the Rambo knife. Rambo knife, yeah. With a little compass on, <laughs> the, on, on the end there. So that way you can hide all your stuff up in the, the handle. Some matches. <laughs> yep. um, some other things, uh, zip ties, carabiners, paracord, uh, Ziploc bags for keeping things dry. And then, Dave, I, I think I saw you drinking from a, a giant water container. Yes. Um, I, I got some of those from work for free as well. But it's also useful for keeping stuff inside of um, if you want to conserve space in your bag. You can have one of those in there. It's a great place to keep an extra pair of socks or something like that. Obviously, pull them out before you if you fill it with water. But it's a filtration um, system. Yeah, but it also <laughs> it also um, you know it helps with storage. Is keeping yeah. things in there in a, in a spare bottle. But 
I would probably fill mine up before I left work and then put on a carabiner. Yep, there you go. Um, put on a carabiner on my belt because through you know that just adds more weight to your backpack. I got mine here. Yeah, the the um, I've heard of using the the Nalgene the clear ones so you can see what's in there. Yeah, packing that full, which is a good idea. I like this hydro flask because it's metal and can be used as twofold. It's heavy even when it's empty. And it was funny because we were walking in the building. We had we had uh, me and two other guys had gone to a different building to work yesterday and we were coming back in and there's a couple geese in the yard about five <laughs> feet away from us walking in our building and and uh, they said yeah those are the, the annoying geese are back and and i said well at least they're hanging out in the grass and not on the sidewalk and they said well usually they hang out right up here by the door and i'm like well do you chase them and and uh or do they they chase you when you leave they said no but they'll hiss at them and i'm like well that's why i carry a heavy water bottle i I'm not opposed to knocking out a mean, you know, geese by, you know, a water bottle uh, upside the head. So there's I've only a, had a geese chase me when you get close to their nest. Yeah. But there, you know, this could be used as a self-defense item because like I said, it's metal and kind of heavy and, and whatever. So I usually, I carry this around all the time. Like even when I'm running errands, I'll have, you know, 32 ounces thereabouts of water in my truck that, go in and out with me and it's very rare that i don't have that with me all the time so at least i have you know 30 ish ounces of water nice. so whether i have water bottles in the truck or not i've got that so and i'm not opposed i you know i'm i'm old i grew up drinking water in streams and out of garden hoses so i'm not opposed to if i'm hiking home filling this up with water <laughs> in a random stream i mean hadn't killed me yet so <laughs> As long as it's cold, right? Decently cold, right. chilly. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention that's on my list is uh, since it might take me one, possibly two overnights, uh, would be some kind of uh, camping gear like a deployable cot that comes in a you know a compact bag. Uh, I know Bo has featured a couple of him on his uh, his Arkansas Outdoor Channel. But those would definitely come in handy as, you know, getting you off the ground uh, if you want to sleep, something you can put up between two trees. So I have one of those in the van bag, but I don't have one for the car yet. I should probably switch that out. But um, in my van is actually my bug out bag. So I need to definitely get something situated for the van. My setup's not perfect by any means. I want to have the bug out bag in the house. And that's either, you know, get to Steve's or get to the, the lake house type thing because it has stuff in it for the family, which is why I keep it in my van currently. Um, I've got stuff in there for the kids and the wife and yeah, just food for thought on that. Yeah. I don't have anything like that in my vehicle um, just because it would probably take up a lot of space. I do have a, like a new tarp and bungees that are in the truck. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty lightweight that could provide shelter of some sort. You know, if I got to sleep outside, you know, if it's raining or something, at least get you out of that a little right. bit. You know, my my thing is that, like yours, that, that you could pack everything in the truck, and then it's going to be what's going to fit in your bag and what you want to carry for the hike home. So that hasn't been priority of mine of of doing that because I I really don't want to sleep outside on that trip. 
I'd rather just keep walking as long as I could to at least to get, you know, say to my brother's house. And then if I got to spend yeah. two days recovering there to make the final leg home, then I'd, I'd rather do that and just, Hey, it's only a few more miles to his house. Let's just keep going. You know, at least we can get there, be inside warmer with more people kind of thing. So I haven't really, not that I haven't thought of that. It's just more of, well, if I'm carrying that much more weight to sleep outside, then that it's more likely that I'll be sleeping outside because I'm going slower by carrying more weight for that trip. And I'd rather be lighter and try to get there faster kind of thing. So I, I'm not, haven't really gone that route. Maybe something like what you said that Bo uses, that's more of like a hammock of some sort that's really light that you may not notice too well or, or yeah. notice that much in a bag but it's just space and in the weight at this point for me so i yeah. i haven't really gone that route but i don't i mean i don't think i have anything anything else that that you have and and, and have mentioned already i do you know i do have a like a full-size big flashlight um that's in the truck that would you know don't know that I'd want to carry it, but it could be something that could be used as, you know, like my water bottle. It's like a self-defense kind of thing because it's a bigger, it's not a, the old school mag light, but it is kind of that type, uh, heavy duty, heavy, you know, light that you could use as a flashlight or, you know, if, if you have to smack a, a dog in the head to, to get him to leave you alone <laughs> or something, something along those lines of, you know, what's in my truck, but I do have, um, the standard three or four pairs of mechanic gloves, you know, a couple wool beanie caps and, and, and stuff like that. That's more winter gear that I usually leave in there during the summer too, because it doesn't take up a lot of space in the truck, but yeah, I don't have a lot of other, other stuff in there. I do have a, um, like one of those, like a tactical ax that is really light and flat. So it fits under, under like the back seat of the truck that I'll usually keep in case there's like a tree down on the road or something, you can chop that up and it has pair, you know, paracord around the handle. Other than that, the only other thing I could think of that would be nice is maybe some, you know, a five gallon jug of gas. But then again, with gas prices, there'd be a more likely scenario that that would be stolen at some point. Um, <laughs> Plus, I should have plenty of gas to make that trip, even if I got to spend a night in the truck, weaving through cars and trying to drive off road. That it shouldn't be that big a deal because I, you know, have a thirty-five gallon tank, and it, at this point in time with gas prices, it's usually at least half full or more. So yeah. that shouldn't that shouldn't be a problem. But I don't think I have a whole lot of other stuff. I do have some uh, like wet wipes in the truck. So that would be kind of handy. I, I don't know if I would throw those in the bag and take them on the trip, but it is something nice to have. Uh, you know, I have napkins and whatnot that are, you know, if you go out to eat and stuff, you know, instead of just throwing them away, I throw them in the glove box. So I have napkins and, and wet wipes in the glove box. But yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, you know, without, without going through everything, I think that's pretty much what I have. You know, I do have, I do have some tie downs, but I think you had mentioned bungees and, and stuff like that. So 
I do have a tow strap that to pull me or somebody else out of out of a ditch in the truck, but it's just a basic tow strap. It's not like a winch or anything. I, I think we've we've exhausted everybody's lists <laughs> at this point. <laughs> or, or else we'll just end up in that that loop or like, oh yeah, well maybe I need to add this or maybe <laughs> I say I wrote down a couple of things yeah, um, so. that, that Dave mentioned so that yeah. I can add. Um, I say at the end of it, to kind of wrap this up, biggest takeaway is just make sure that you've got uh, your comfortable walking shoes, a spare pair of socks in case you get wet, and just make sure that everything you have is weather appropriate. Mm -hmm. uh, let your vehicle be your mule to carry all the stuff, and then just prioritize your bag uh, before you head out. I would like to emphasize something that, that you said, Eric, on planning the whole thing out. And, and I think you said you've talked to people that conversation has been brought up with somebody to where you're not like knocking on their door randomly and saying, Hey, you know, we had an EMP go off, right? <laughs> Can I stay here for the night? Cause I'm walking home. You know, it's not a, you know, that topic has been talked about with people. So yeah. there is a, there is a plan. There is a, you said you had a couple of uh, routes like kind of mapped out and you've talked to people that, are in line with those routes so it's not it wouldn't be a surprise of yeah that's great and the door gets shut in your face and <laughs> you can sleep on the porch because we're not gonna help you kind of thing so right i, I think uh, that's it, very advantageous that, that that's been avenue has been crossed and broached especially one of them is also a prepper and he'd be more likely to shoot somebody, you know, so that, that way at least he knows that I'm probably going to be showing up at his door at some point and not to shoot me. Uh, <laughs> um, but he's, uh, he's the friend. If you guys remember when I had that Camaro rental car and um, couldn't make it home because of all the snow on, uh, on summer slicks, <laughs> yeah. uh, he was only three miles from my work. Well, I'm five miles up the road from my previous employer and he's still only three miles from me. So uh, he's actually on nice. one of those walking routes home. And I kind of talked to him about it before. It was like, Hey, if I'm ever stranded at work, I said, you're probably gonna be my first stop to either, you know, spend the night or resupply. And he said he was completely fine with that and whatever I needed. And he's, he's a good friend, but he is literally a three mile walk from my new workplace. Um, nice. And uh, then from his house, about 15 more miles down a state highway, but it's wooded on both sides is another, is another friend. Um, and I, I talked to him. I usually, he used to invite me over for uh, WWE parties. He's a big WWE guy. I am not, but um, his wife makes really good food and uh, there's usually plenty to drink. So um, I would go over just, just to hang out and eat and visit with people and, uh, but he's got a, a pretty nice house and a nice setup. And, you know, he said I was welcome anytime. Um, I told me he was kind of on my walking route home if I ever need to do it. So to expect me if we ever have some kind of catastrophe go on. So those two guys are on the, uh, the eastern route home. And then on the western route home is uh, one person about halfway down the interstate. I prefer not to take the interstate. But if I had to, I at least have a stop there. And then there's... Uh, another route further west that I could take that's back roads, but I don't have anybody on that route. And it's probably the longest route. So I would avoid that if, if but if, you know, there's roadblocks and disasters, that west route, even though it's longer, it's probably the most private. And uh, 
uh, it'd be a good option if I was trying to avoid blockades or what have you. Yeah. The, the only thing I can think of that I would like to add to this whole thing for me would be like a, um, what are they? Like the, the Beofang ham radio mm-hmm. to where if I have one at home and one with me, that could be something I take with me to, to keep abreast of weather EMS channels. And also, you know, if, if Just the reason I wouldn't be able to chatter. Well, the reason I wouldn't be able to use my vehicle would be an EMP, right? So EMP or like a blizzard, but the blizzard would just block other vehicles on the highway. So I would just drive the back roads home in my truck. But if I'm walking, then the vehicles are not usable. So my phone wouldn't be usable also. So I would use that as a way to communicate with home to, hey, I'm on the move headed towards you stay there you know because i'd hate to spend three or four days to get home to get here to nobody being here right and they've left and now i don't know where they went or we don't have the communication of did they make it there or were they there for two days and and didn't think that i was going to make it so they're headed somewhere else you know to where there's there's a way to communicate with home and say, hey, you know, because that's that's the plan is for everybody to be home. But, you know, if, if they're expecting you in two days and it takes you four days to get home, has that nervousness that uh, he's not here in two days, you know, he's not going to make it. We're, we're rolling out. So just some sort of communication um, device. I know you have to have a, a ham radio license to use that stuff in a normal situation, but I believe that rule and it's stated it's laxed if there is a, if there is an emergency that, you know, so something to that effect of, of a way of actually communicating and being able to, to keep aware of the situational awareness. Cause you know, a lot of that, my walk would be on a highway. And like you said, if there's, if there's a lot of chatter of, you know, a big group of people, walking on the highway they're going through vehicles or something and that's radio chatter you can kind of keep abreast of that situation either avoid it or uh, you know take appropriate action get out of the way or or, you know whatever you're going to do in that situation but something like that to add to my preps but that's you know a couple hundred dollars for a couple setups to do that so not something I'm yeah there's on amazon today yeah as i was saying you, you can buy like i i bought one but i found out there's like classes you can take to learn how to use them and utilize them as well like it's much more complicated than just something you can turn on and um <laughs> they're, they're pretty involved uh right. but you know there's a lot of value in learning how to use that too right it was it was talked about quite a bit on discord of of setting that kind of a you know the the waste of ammo network up to to have that kind of communication to you know back in the day i just i, I think there was a couple people that did it but it didn't go very far i'd like to i'd actually like to do it and take the test and actually have the the license what? to bri- yeah. broadcast and yeah i'm guilty of that i was gonna do that and then i never followed through on it yeah i, I am too i was i was gonna do that but it, you know that's something that 
I'd still like to do because I think it's a useful tool. Right. Um, and if you do have people in in that uh, in that network, people that are close that you can hit up and be like, hey, I can I could use some help or what or whatever right. in a situation where where that's your only mode of communication. Right. Um, that'd be that'd be nice and useful. And like I said, if you're gonna just put it in a in a ferro cage box or something in your car and one at your house, then you you have that if something like an EMP or something like went off or the power grid went down, and your phone dies. So I think it'd be I think it'd be very useful. It's a little bit more expensive, but that'd be a nice uh, nice ad. Right. I've enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. Appreciate you coming back on. Sharing us, sharing with us your 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 laundry list of items and adding to it as you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll get some pictures of my setup and make a list and uh, get it to you guys or post it in the group on Facebook, um, so you guys can kind of see what I have. I I'm not going to do links to everything. Yeah, <laughs> That'll be pretty yeah. tedious. Um, yeah. But you know, it's it's mostly stuff that you guys can just find in a store. Um, so no, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I'm sorry. It took so long to, to get all this together, but you know, I, I enjoy podcasting and I enjoy catching up with you guys. Yeah. It's all good. Glad to have you back. We play it fast and loose. So (laughs) right. Anytime you got something for a topic idea or whatever, hit us up. Love to have you back. All right. Thank you. Thanks to Eric Mavis for joining us again and letting us know what's changed with his new job and his get home plan. Hopefully you've got something out of that, whether it's an idea, something new that you can use, or maybe just something that you never even thought of to, to even begin with. So hopefully everybody benefited something from this or just, just hearing the sultry tones of Eric Mavis's voice. <laughs> um, Find us on Facebook at Wasted Ammo Podcast. Find us on Instagram at Aftershock underscore podcast. And jump over to StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use the code Aftershock, all caps, and get a discount on your purchase there. Until next time, we'll see everybody later. And remember, Epstein did not kill himself. Aftershock.